Good day and welcome to the Cincy. Hang on a second. Am I doing, am I doing Cincy slanging? No, uh, no. Uh, sorry. Never mind. Uh, do it. Do whatever you, you please. I hope you realize this is 100% staying in well, from the top. To the Catskeller Social Club. <laughs> I'm Coomer. Joined, as always, by Hummer. Hummer. What's up, buddy? Formed in 1979, died in 2013. The dumbest moment in the American Athletic Conference was, in fact, the birth of the American Athletic Conference. (laughs) This is a great goddamn day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fan as we celebrate the end (laughs) of a terrible era. Couldn't have said it better myself. Indeed it is, buddy. We're back. We're back in a very different format today. The official, I'm going to call this the official launching of the Cat Skeller Social Club, given that the five proprietors, the five founders, the five originators of the Cat Skeller Social Club are on the podcast today to collaborate as a group for the very first time in a public space, in a public forum. So, Beyond Hummer, we have additional guests on the podcast as well. Justin from the Viva La Cats pod is with us. Justin, how are you doing today, sir? Doing fantastic. Ready to uh, pick all the stupidest moments that I've seen and uh, kiss them goodbye. <laughs> it is, it's like a little, it's like the, uh, what are they called? Like the little Viking funerals? They're like torch a boat and sail it out into the ocean. That's what we're doing today. So I'm excited. It's- the, cer- the ceremonial burning of the jersey. Yeah. The, ceremonial- <laughs> the, yeah. the burning of the AAC patch. Not the not the Cincinnati jersey, but the AAC For- patch. Maybe well, the Under Armour jerseys too, depending on your perspective. But <laughs> I mean, at one point, I think we burned the zero jersey. We did burn the zero jersey at one point in time based on the shooting splits that we saw our point guards have in that shirt. So there's, it's, it wouldn't be the first time is all I'm saying. <laughs> We've also got Steve from the Viva La Cats pod on the, on the, uh, the round table here. Steve, how are you doing today, buddy? I am wonderful. It is a beautiful day in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, but I am missing you all in Cincinnati, Ohio. I watched the Bearcats lacrosse team get a dub in overtime today, so I wasn't too far away mentally, but it's great to see all your smiling faces. I'm really happy to be here. You know, it's just happy to talk about some really dumb, stupid moments that I never have to remember ever again. This is going to be very therapeutic. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the mental health we'll all experience after this. Last but not least, we also have Brandon from the Go Beer Cats podcast and blog on the line. Brandon, how are you doing today, buddy? Gentlemen, I'm doing well. I have a beer in hand. Like-minded Bearcats fans in front of me. I'm ready to talk. Great to hear. Great to have all of you on the podcast today. I couldn't have botched our introduction any worse. Um, As Justin said, we'll leave it in. We're going to fuck it. We're going to do it live. And I'm looking forward to to having this group therapy session. Everyone's alluded to it. We are going to work through some of the dumbest moments in American Athletic Conference history by way of draft. We'll get into that shortly. But before we do, I did want to take a moment to sort of celebrate and commemorate the official launch of the Cat Skeller Social Club. It is now active after many trials and tribulations with GoDaddy 
and the customer service team. The CatskellerSocial.club website is active and available for people to check out. We've had publications from Brandon, Justin. I threw one up there last night. If you're a big succession head, you may enjoy it. Um, I think the way my dad phrased it was, I don't really care for that show too much, but it was a fine article. Thanks, dad. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You can also, you can also join the discord app, which I think is the best way to interact with the community. It's a pretty incredible group. We've already got going there. Uh, We've got a few, a few folks with, with fame and notoriety who have joined recently, which I'm, I'm very happy to have them. A couple of members of the PTP podcast are in there. Appreciate you fellas joining a guy named Chad. He's up in there. I don't know. I don't know his last name, but he's in there. It's Chad. The Discord server. The Discord server's popping off, and I'm enjoying it. How are you guys feeling about the official launch of the Catskeller Social Club? It's just nice to uh, finally have it up. It's. I think. I think it's funny too because I remember uh, if the conversation goes correctly, you guys kind of started the Discord originally as a, oh shit. Twitter is going to be wiped off the face of the uh, internet. And now, you know, it's kind of like a looming backup plan that has turned into like plan A. So I don't know. I think it's cool. And it's awesome because like Discord is just a very good way to structure conversation, organize conversation. And you can just pop into whatever channel you want. You want to talk about something. You want to ignore all the other stuff. You can find your one channel and stay on that. If you're a huge Bearcats golf fan, you can stay in the Bearcats golf discord all you want and block out all the other noise if you want to. It's nice. Are you sick of having Elon Musk force his way into your Twitter feed? (laughs) Uh, Well, we we don't have an algorithm here. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Constitution, it is a living, breathing document that continues to evolve and change. So yes, the Discord server is the real deal, folks. Yeah, if you want to see pictures, come to the Discord server. That doesn't always work on Twitter.com. Steve pictures and videos pics. always work. On <laughs> you can see me uh, complaining about how much Skyline costs here, uh, if you want to. So how much does you want it to cost see more Phoenix? Five ninety nine, baby. Now, Steve, uh, how are, are you for, able to get that, the... that in the store or like you get that on your grocery store shelves because like we don't we don't get that out here in new york we don't we don't have access to the can i gotta go on amazon and uh it's not pretty it's it's not pretty i'm better off making it myself which so, is also uh, not we, pretty well i mean you know you got to do what you got to do we have fries which is obviously a subsidiary of kroger so we have we we do i do have access to skyline chili and Grater's ice cream um, about 10 minutes away from my house. So not, not bad. It's good to hear. It's good to hear since he, since he transplants have the ability to kind of get that, get that, that home homegrown taste. Um, look, we've got five people on the line. It's going to be interesting to see how we navigate this as, as, as a host here as de facto host. I feel like I'm going to have to probably use names more frequently. Um, I want all of you to feel comfortable just interrupting me. Hummer does it all the time. That's the way that you get words in when you're when you're on a podcast with Coomer. You've got to just cut me off, bulldoze your way in there. And, and Coomer, Coomer's like an American there. athletic. He's like an American athletic referee, right? He just interjects <laughs> at the wrong time, makes the wrong calls. And sometimes you just got to yell and scream and get angry at him and, you know, tell him, hey, it's my turn. Let me play the game. <laughs> and maybe he'll tee you up. <laughs> Four <Maybe>. times. <laughs> 
put you on suspension. <laughs> Listen, yeah. guys, I, I do want to get into the draft because I think that the draft is going to be a blast. I think people are going to be explain explain the draft. Explain the draft. Well, I I, I will. So the, the draft is essentially it's it's exactly as it sounds. It's a it's a it's a rehash of all of the dumbest moments in the history of the conference, be it specific moments in a game, be it naming decisions, be it uh, Twitter burner accounts. I mean, there there's a plethora of <laughs> options to choose from. Steve, I would say, I, I, has been the, the leading the charge in terms of putting together some organization around this, but I've told all of you, you're more than welcome to go off the board. You are not limited to the board. If there are moments of stupidity and disgrace and and however you want to describe them, and you want to go with those moments, we want to make sure we're talking about them. But our goal as, as participants in this draft is to construct a, a five-man lineup of the best, worst, dumbest moments in the history of the American Athletic Conference. So whatever, however this finishes, each of us is going to have our squad. We're going to have our dumb moments and we're going to make sure we're putting it out there on the discord and maybe Twitter eventually too. Uh, maybe the Catskiller website, we're putting it out there so that people can, can enjoy this with us and probably vote in some way, shape or form on who did have the dumbest of dumb moments in the history of the American. Athletic it's March, baby. Do we need to just turn this into a, a bracket a bracket? Oh, I think God. we've got, we've got at least around 30. We have 32 here. I at least, I don't think we have enough Justin, for 64, but. Oh, I mean, hey, who, who knows? We could come up with 64. We could even put this out to the people and see what we missed, too. I got two oh, on I've my already head been, right I've been, now. I've been, adding, I've been adding to the list as we've been talking. <laughs> I have two that love are it. sitting in the back of my head that I know for a fact are not on this list. So I love it. Okay. All right. Even better. Even better. I did want to say real quick that I, I copied and pasted this idea from the Houston uh, site, gokoogs.com. So if you're ever interested and Houston stuff, definitely check them out. I do want to give them their credit, but it was, they only had 10 and I was like, no, no, no. There was much more. Oh, there's more a whole on that lot more than that. Things have been way dumber <laughs> over here, boys. Okay. Watch yeah. this work. Oh, watch watch cook. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Let hold him up. cook. Let him cook. <laughs> no, that sounds, I, I really do look forward to the draft. Before we do, the Bearcats did just wrap up the regular season. Senior night occurred. Senior night honored Kalua Zikbe, Rob Finnessy, and David Julius. Questions were asked about why Jeremiah Davenport, a four-year Bearcat, was not included. Mike Adams-Woods, a four-year Bearcat, was not included. And Odio Guama, a two-year Bearcat, was also not included. Now, all of those players have additional years of eligibility left, potentially available to them. Landers Nolly the second is also a guy who has another year of eligibility left. That's the way it works under the West Miller era. You, if you have years left, you are not being honored on senior night. Those, them's the rules. <laughs> uh, but I was surprised, and surprise might be the wrong word, but obviously senior night went incredibly well. Blew out SMU, played a very bad opponent. This team is not good. Um, but David DeJulius had had himself a game, finished with 30 points. And it's not so much the performance, it's not so much you know, watching Davis do David Julius do David Julius things, go one-on-one step back jumpers, threes, get the crowd going. It's the crowd really responded to David Julius. And after the game, you saw kind of an outpouring of love and appreciation for a guy who transferred to the Bearcats under the John Brandon era, 
uh, came here with a, with a lot of acclaim and expectations and was able to put in three seasons based on the COVID extra year. And I, I was taken aback and, and actually heartwarmed by, by how well David Julius and how, how much the fan base seemed to appreciate him. Brandon, what did you, what did you think about that outpouring of love for David Julius? I thought it was kind of surprising. Um, I was, I think that was the right word that you used, Coomer. Uh, it was all over social media, whatever outlet you were going to. Uh, I think the way he capped it off with kissing the floor or the sea paw at half court really, uh, I mean, maybe the most iconic thing I've seen from a senior day, not, I mean, 30 points, you know, notwithstanding. So I think the way he walked off the floor, the way he, you know, he celebrated with his teammates. You saw, I mean, like Landers uh, and um, Skillings, like they were like really celebrating him as they as he came off the floor. And you know, with the kiss, I think it was the perfect cap, and it turned into an iconic mo- moment and sort of brought all of those emotions up for Bearcats fans as he walked off the floor for the last time at fifth third. Justin, where, where where's your head at with the the David DeJulius experience and and all that he brought to the university over these three years? Yeah, I I'd have to go again, kind of to bounce off Brandon's point there. I think the kiss on the floor was like the the crowning moment, and it's it's so cool because it's such a subtle thing, but it also shows so much. Like it, it shows his dedication and appreciation for the university and how much he's bought in. And I think a lot of people remember, but tend to forget at the same time that he did decide to stay after the whole Brandon fiasco. He could have left. He had all the reason to like, I mean, this is, this is leaving kind of for a better opportunity where he he could, you know, try to get in the mix, but also a semi-lateral opportunity because it's Michigan. I mean, Michigan has been competing. They're consistent. And even under, you know, a new coach with Juwan Howard, like you'd expect them to compete. So for him to come to Cincinnati, stay at Cincinnati, duke it out, tough it out, go through the mental, you know, ups and downs that he had had to overcome stepping away from the game and coming back. I think there's so many things about his story while he was here in Cincinnati that just make him such a memorable player. And it's really hard. I I think, I think I look at a lot of guys who's like, okay, you know, they come in, they transfer, they bounce. He managed to stay and also, I think, cement himself. It, it never felt like he was a transfer while he was here. It felt like he was a Bearcat from day one. And the way he went out, you know, I, I think is just on top. And hopefully that is, uh, we, we see, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, nine, nine, nine or ten more games. 10 more games out of David DeJulius would be fantastic. I don't know if we'll be able to get there, uh, but maybe, you know, that's just big wishes, of course. But seeing yeah. more of David DeJulius will be great. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I do want to say, too, that, like, I, it wasn't just me bringing this up. A couple other people in our group chats were bringing this up. But uh, he he just reminds me of Deontay Vaughn, a guy, uh, same number, of course, but two guys who were here through some rough times in the Bearcat basketball program. but stuck it out, stuck through it, and were able to, you know, really show people how much they love this school and this this program by sticking it out through those tough times. And that's why they're going to be fan legends forever. And obviously it doesn't look great for the Bearcats' chances to make the NCAA tournament. And much like Deontay Vaughn, he, he did not also get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. But I do think it is just, you know, a, a, 
a great, a good comparison because two guys who, you know, maybe didn't have those opportunities in the postseason, but through their play through three years and uh, three or four years and some rough times for this program, they're going to be remembered forever for what they gave. And especially, you know, and the, there, there are definitely other fan favorites we can talk about for days on end that had different accolades or were able to go to the postseason. But I think it's guys like Deontay and then David who, you know, make you really love being a fan of the program again, because if, you know, they stuck through it and gave their, their years and didn't leave, they, they just stayed maintained, gave it their all that that's, I mean, I I sound like an older man saying that, but like, that's just like stuff that like, you know, people love, like people love that stuff, especially now in this era of transfer portal, NIL moving here and there guys who stay through this, through processes like that, even when, the ultimate reward wasn't there. It's very admirable. So claps to both of them. I, I, I tend to agree, Steve, and I don't want to necessarily jump the gun. I think David DeJulius, the on-court results over his three years aren't going to ever really stand out. You're not going to think back during this time and say like, do you remember what that team accomplished? Or do you remember the, the moment here? that the American athletic doesn't really give you those opportunities. And there unfortunately haven't been necessarily signature wins during this era, but what David DeJulius does have is a very unique style of basketball that does stand out and differentiates itself from what you've seen from Bearcats before. You don't, we don't have guys who were, were incorporating the step back jumper into their game as frequently or as often as David DeJulius sometime to his own detriment at times. Like this guy has fallen in love with that step back jumper, but it's a unique style. It's an, a unique um, essence in which he plays the game with. And I think that that's something that's sort of going to stand out forever in, in fans memories. Um, and his handle is one of the best from a point guard perspective that we've had. You know, I remember last season putting together a list of, of best handles amongst Bearcat point guards. And he's right up there. You know, this is a guy who's probably got the top three handles over the last 30 years or so of Bearcat basketball. And, and it's, it's, it's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, this is a guy who's, who's left his mark on the game, you know, not perfect. Uh, certainly left something to be desired at times, but I feel like his senior year here, his last season with the Bearcats really put it together, found that balance between score, go-to bucket getter, but also facilitator and finding ways to get his teammates involved, find them easy shots. And, and that's certainly, that meant something to me as a fan. Now, Hummer, I do ask you this, Steve was, was echoing the fact that as a three-year contributor and guys who stick with the program and play their, their four years here, if possible, or three years here, if possible, that is becoming less and less common in college sports. And I alluded to it earlier. And for the guys who don't always record with me, you're going to learn because we don't always go with the formal outline, I am going to throw things in there. There's going to be things I didn't tell you were going to do, but there is, there is the fact here that Mike Adams Woods and Jeremiah Davenport in particular are four year guys for the Bearcats, you know, without the COVID season, the COVID bonus season, these are guys who would have come stayed for four years, played four years of hoops, had their ups and downs, but, but stuck through it all and really, created that relationship with the fan base and they weren't given the opportunity to be honored during senior night and whether they come back or not is up in the air. I don't think it's a guarantee. So I ask you Hummer, is that a miss? Like, is that a missed opportunity by Wes Miller where these are players who, whether or not they come back should have been honored on senior night. 
isn't the senior night honors though really up to the player if they decide they want to be honored right like i feel like that's the, their decision when they're saying do you want to be honored and i think the intention here is that these two players want to return to become bearcats and play the extra year whether whatever the fans may think about that i think a lot of it also has to do with you know these are guys that are more than likely not they're not getting drafted in the nba right that's not going to happen and so their only option is playing college basketball um, there is one thing though, that I'm going to give Deontay Vaughn some major props where he does have some accomplishments on those teams. His, his UC basketball teams out of the four years he was here beat Xavier twice. These guys haven't beat Xavier at all. Ooh, no tournaments, no beating Xavier, zero accomplishments. <laughs> There's the Damn. heartwarming. There's the heartwarming, uh, bow. On that David well, I, I, I heard I heard ten David games. Julius hater. <laughs> I'm hearing ten games. You know what? I'll I'll take four, right? I'll take four more games of David the Julius. That gets us a dub in the NC in our tournament because I'm not counting in NIT. Those are preseason games for next year, right? Postseason preseason games. I'm taking at least four more. Get us to the first round of the NCAA tournament. Win this thing out, right? We go through Temple. We played Houston close. We can do it. Get us an accomplishment for these guys to hang their hats on before before the end. But I will say this about David to Julius. He deserves a Wikipedia page. He deserves his own Wikipedia page, and I think that's how we can honor him as a way. Let's create the Wikipedia page. We'll put his Cincinnati stats up there, his accomplishments, a little bio. You know, that's how we can honor David to Julius because, you know, look, he – he, he was great here. Like you guys all mentioned all the same points. He, he was here. He stuck it out through the hardship. You know, he had a t- uh, coach who was essentially forcing kids to dehydrate themselves and nearly die on a basketball court. Um, he stuck through a local podcast, uh, getting him, getting said coach fired. He, um, you know, and he's here. He's right. Two coaching changes. He, says he, had, he went through how many coaches through his career in NCAA, Let's get the guy a Wikipedia page. All right, let's honor him properly. Oh, you know, shit. I think it, it is worth <laughs> mentioning that that David DeJulius had every reason in the world to throw John Brandon under the bus and didn't. You know, he took he took a period, a hiatus from basketball, which he mm-hmm. clearly loves. He adores playing basketball. He adores putting on the Cincinnati Bearcats jersey. Literally had to step away from the game during that COVID season. And despite all of the, the tumultuous uh practices and i guess life-threatening practices that were happening behind closed doors he he stuck with the team but he also didn't throw the shots that he could have thrown and that that does speak to the the character of david julius like he didn't feel the need to pile on he wasn't going to be the guy to kind of end brandon's coaching career as it was um david julius was sort of the the guy people pointed to who were defending john brandon uh as as the reason that he should be able to stay so uh, great callback from Hummer. Hummer, Hummer has Hummer has destroyed Justin with that monologue. I'm sorry. I just I just think it's it's really shitty. But like the idea of a coach, it's it's crazy in hindsight to think of like all the stuff that came out about Brandon, and it's like it's like he's running like a a, a military operation. And like, he's trying to condition these guys, but like the shit that happened and came out of that, like is so messy, but it's, it's, it's laughable how awful that was. And it's also crazy. Like you said too, like David is such a humble guy and to be able to like, just 
straight through it and, and 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 keep a clean slate. Like, I mean, I I give him props because there's I I'm surprised I'm amazed with the amount of people that did not drag him. I, I think all the players that left did, and I think all the players that didn't did not. Um, which I think says a lot about the Cincinnati program as well. But um you well, know, when we get David on in like 10 years, then he can talk about all the stories. You know? like he, <laughs> like he comes back for his 10 year reunion with these guys. He's like, now there was some shit back in the day. Let me yeah. tell you, then we let him go for 45 minutes. That, that's, that's content right there. I not, would just, not that, <laughs> not that we don't have players like that, you know, their, their class, but like, if you're, if you're using that, like if you had one word to describe David, the Julius, the word is class. Yeah. Like the man is like what you would want your young men to grow up to be. Right. That 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 he is a role model for the community. And that's what you that's what you do. You stick up. You don't talk bad about your previous bosses. At the end of the day, David Julius has a a a a life in front of him. He has a career in front of him, And it probably does involve basketball, maybe overseas, you know, maybe playing in some of the developmental leagues and maybe, you know, who knows where it ends. But there is probably basketball still in his career. So it's not the right thing to do and, and go and talk. So he did the right thing by by sticking up for for the coach and doing that. And but you're right. It's, it's 100 percent. I remember when we were we were recording this one podcast and we we had a certain someone on and we were we were talking about rumors of, and, and six guys, you know, wanting to leave the program. And it's like that was just the tip of the iceberg before all of a sudden, you know, like you said, more and more stuff came out about the situation. And David and Julius just handled it all with class. The there's, lesson, there's, not, there's nothing more I can say about that. The lesson is always kids. Don't talk shit about your former bosses. Let niche fan podcasts do it for you. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is we all have to find something specifically pertaining to our career and then slip them a DM about our story. And that's how we'll know. We got to leak, leak the story. Yes. Since now, none of us are going pro hoopers. This clearly. is called politics. <laughs> <laughs> We're sliding Justin William all kinds of tips all day, and he never publishes them. That's his problem. <laughs> I mean, what yeah. the hell? Like, come on, Justin. Our numbers have been blocked by Justin. There's little, <laughs> little in my mind. We've been blocked. That's why he hasn't been on the podcast in 18 months. Little did you guys know that actually no one's counting. the uh the the Cat Skeller Social Club Discord. That's Justin Williams' source for all of his information. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So anyway, I feel like we've we've properly honored David DeJulius, who, who's going down now into the into the pantheon of Bearcats, who, as Hummer put it, don't have many accomplishments of note but did leave a mark on our hearts and, and our guys that we will cherish their time with the Bearcats. Look, I love anyone who loves playing for the Cincinnati Bearcats as much as David DeJulius loves playing for the Cincinnati Bearcats. And that is worth honoring. And I'm, I'm truly happy that he got his moment on senior night against SMU. That was a really, really cool moment. Brandon, I think you said it was one of the more memorable senior night, you know, the kissing of the midcourt. That was, that was truly beautiful, something to behold. And I can't wait to watch future moments like that, not on ESPN Plus with horrible AAC quality broadcasting. That is something I also look forward to. Fellas, is it time? Is it draft time? Is it dumbest so. moment draft time? I think it is. Should I add I in like so. a, a little like the draft music? Absolutely. Just well, got to clip it in yeah. here. 
Oh, I thought you had like a soundboard and you're about to start like DJing it up. <laughs> there we go. So let, let me get to, are we, so we're definitely saying like these are, the draft is, this is the dumbest moment, like worst moments or your favorite moments. Like, is it, because sometimes some of the dumb moments happen to be some of my favorite. I think oh, your right. favorite, du- favorite dumbest moments would probably be the best way. Your favorite dumbest moments, and you're putting together a squad here. You are putting together a five-man dumbest moments roster that's going to be competing against Steve, Brandon, myself, Justin. We want Hummer's five favorite dumbest moments, and it's going to keep being phrased in different ways. It's never going to make sense. But in order to get into the draft, we need to start by with Steve hitting the random name generator and figuring out what the draft order is going to be here. We're going to go snake draft, obviously, as any logical human would do. Oh, we should have done auction. (laughs) (laughs) With real money, a fundraising, a fundraising event. for See, there we go. Yeah. $20. I want the first pick and it's all going to the NIL. 25. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Steve, the drum, the drums are rolling. Please. What is our draft order for the dumbest moments in the history of the AAC? I will show you. So it's not uh, slant. Well, I'm on. You are not going to be showing um, me. You are blurred. We're going to trust you. You're a man of integrity. Anyway. So with our first pick tonight, the order will go with Brandon. Okay. Justin, uh, myself, and then Coomer, you will do the wraparounds. So. Five picks each, nice. <laughs> and uh, I will be t- tabulating these down, put out a graphic, a blog, and um, maybe we can cut up some video or something. Too. So, uh, we'll sounds see. good to me. But Always loved a good I'm excited around. for this, boys. Uh, Brandon, you have the first pick. Go right ahead. And Mom. with the first pick of the Bearcats' dumbest moments from the AAC <laughs> draft, Brandon selects. With the first overall pick in this draft, I think it's a no-brainer, gentlemen. John Brannon not starting Tari Eason. What the hell? (laughs) I like strong a strong leadoff effort. That was pretty a current NBA, a current NBA starter not being played. To be fair, one out of two years of his college career. More like a six man in the NBA. Let's get our facts straight. Tari Eason is coming off the bench for the Rockets, but that's for an NBA team full of other first round draft picks and high potential players. Brandon, who remind me who was starting in front of Tari Eason during that period of time? Don't know who the hell wasn't knows. It, wasn't it, wasn't it rap? Uh, I, think, I think, I think we do know. Season, I couldn't tell you. Um, I think we do know who it was. And I think it, I think it was one of Hummer's favorite players. Did he happen to sell his car and move to Europe? <laughs> that only narrows it down to two. So right. I'll give you a hint. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning. <laughs> Wasn't Rob Banks starting over Tari Eason for a couple games? Oh, there? No. oh my God. What that he? did happen. That happened a couple games. He benched Tari Eason in some like, you know, I need to burn your stat sheet type of ritual. <laughs> and um and yeah, he started Rob Banks over him a couple games. Yeah. Hold, hold, was, on, hold uh, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've just brutal. come to the realization that we had a Bearcat. His name was actually rob banks like robbing banks i've never put two and two together but damn that's damn. a hell of a name i never made that joke what the hell <laughs> yeah, that's that's a missed opportunity sorry i, I think sorry I to think all we, call, we call we call these guys uh, victory cigars 
<laughs> you know, you only hope to see them when you're up by 20. Um, but yep. we saw them more when we were down by 40 uh, more, more often than we saw no, them when we, we were up we by didn't, 20. We didn't see them up by anything. We saw them starting in front of a future first round lottery pick. <laughs> That's when we saw our victory cigars. Brandon, that is a fantastic first pick, sir. Who's, who's going to be tracking these picks? I'm, I've got it. I'm, I'm, ca- oh, uh, Justin, these off. Justin, you are okay. Yeah. All right. I'm taking them off right. the board. Okay. And I'll put the oh, oh, highlighting them in red. Who, yeah. Yeah. So, but I put who, who and where. So, um, next up we got Hummer hit us with your first round pick, baby. Ah, uh, this is so hard guys. Why are you doing this to me? But, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my first round pick is, is definitely, it has to be, the Yukon shot in three OTs in the conference tournament. And I, I picked this one because I don't remember how much time's left in this game. I think it's like literally 0.1 seconds. And not only does he they inbound the ball, he takes a dribble and then shoots. And yet we had a game not too long ago with 0.4 seconds left in, and we literally hear the ESP, ESPN uh peanut gallery say say to us knowledgeable bearcat fans that it is impossible to catch and in turn and shoot not even dribble my own he didn't even mention dribble just catch turn and shoot impossible with 0.4 seconds uh and then i also proceeded to see us throw a very stupid inbound pass when we needed i think three points um that was caught at the free throw line so um, just all together reminds me of a string of stupidity that we have witnessed in this conference and reminding me of just once again, how terrible the officiating has been in the American athletic conference. That's a painful, dumb moment too. Like that's, that's one of those moments that isn't just dumb. It's excruciating. It's painful. It's, it's triggering. It's it's therapy inducing. All of the above. That was a, a a tough one. That's a tough one to swallow. That one was uh just just pain. And then UConn fans used that as their their bragging point for about four years after that, while they were still complaining that the American wasn't good enough, which it wasn't. But uh, I I hate UConn fans. I'm so glad they're gone. I don't have to ever deal with them again. So, you know, no have you guys ever been to? Have you guys ever been to stores, Connecticut, or or Hartford for that matter? It's a shithole. Uh, both <laughs> both places are shitholes. <laughs> they have they have two arenas that they play in. One is I believe is called the XL Center in Hartford, uh, but it's in Hartford, so it doesn't matter. It's that's that's definitely a shithole town. Like I literally would go there for work, and they would say, "Do not stay in Hartford. Like stay outside <laughs> of Hartford." Or you're probably going to get robbed. Your car will get broken into. Something bad will happen to you if you look, stay in the look, town. Of you're Hartford. starting to sound like a Wisconsin offensive no, no, lineman. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But I've also been to a game on in Stores, Connecticut. In store, Stores, Connecticut, it's it's like a dry campus except for one bar on campus, kind of like uh, our namesake here, the Catskeller. Uh, but the the Gamble Pavilion is like falling apart. The, the literally the dome on it has like shreds of like sheets that were like just hanging down because they just haven't renovated it or fixed it. <laughs> and like, it only held like a few thousand people and it wasn't that loud. That's why they have to move the games to Hartford to get more people and to make it louder. But like stores is also in the middle of nowhere. 
So you're cold, you're in the middle of nowhere, and there's only one bar on campus to get booze. Why the hell are you going to Connecticut to play basketball? There are a um, bunch um, of other um, schools closer to. This is going to be a Mecca. long draft if this keeps going. Dude. I'm sorry. I hate UConn. I hate them. I hate them with a passion. And God, fuck that school. That's about the best Hummer rant we've had since the Temple message board night. Thank you, Hummer. <laughs> Moving on to our third pick of the dumbest moments in American athletic history. Justin. Oh, this is such a hard I list to choose Burgundy. from. <laughs> um, all right. This one might be a stretch. It is on the list and it might be a stretch to take it as the first one, but I believe there are a lot of implications that come out of it. There's an old saying uh, for those of you who are familiar with the great state of Michigan and the upper peninsula and Wisconsin. If there's one thing that Wisconsin ever told me that told me everything about them, it was the fact that they let Michigan get the upper peninsula. The American is no different. The fact that you let go of the Big East name and chose to become the American completely wipe any amount of identity or historical statistical any anything and just we're a brand new conference rebrand and give the Big East to a basketball conference that then completely dilutes any amount of legitimacy that you have as a conference to say hmm, we we did we did a couple things we're pretty we're pretty good to just wipe the slate clean and then screw over all these teams and let all your other teams pilfer out. I don't know, man. I think that was one of the biggest screw over moments and oversight moments that I, I, I don't know. That's, that's like taking the, it's, it's not the same as taking the sec or the big 10 and rebranding it, but it's the same thing. Why would, why would you rebrand a conference that has any amount of history and totally wipe the slate clean and, and, and let, let a bunch of Catholic basketball boys take it from you it, it's it's sad it's really sad and I, I think that honestly is a very small amount of just disqualifying factors that led to the american never getting any amount of credit uh thank you power six perfect pick no notes steal of the draft so far and frankly, a tone setter for what would become of the American Athletic Conference. I think that's, I think you nailed it. I think there's not much more to say, especially when you put the, the Catholic schoolboys cherry on top. Well done, Justin. <laughs> nice pick. Steve, what you got with our fourth pick? So uh, I have a strategy for this draft. And uh, it's just because I was in school during some of the, our time in American as well as working for the football team during some of our times. So these are a little bit more personal to me. So I really wanted some value though, with this first pick, you got to really bring in your all. And this actually happened against one of our future conference members, uh, Brigham Young University, the Bearcats hosted them for a November game in 2016. And they lost 20 to three. It was not a good game. It was pretty bad. Uh, I had to watch the whole thing because I was filming the whole thing for the coaches and it was just ugly. Like we could not get any offense going that day. Taysom Hill kind of did Taysom Hill things to us, uh, not as badly as some other teams, but it was still just gross. And Tommy Tuberville, uh, you know, walking off into the game day locker room to answer some questions. Uh, he just decided to say, you know, 
uh, I'm going to talk to some fans here, engage some fan reaction. And then a fan decided, you know, Tommy, this is still my favorite audio from the Tuberville. Tommy, you're stealing money from the universe. Tommy, hey, go to hell. Get a job. And uh, let it be known that that guy was a lawyer uh, and he had a well-paying job and he was paying money for his seats to be able to yell at Tommy Tuberville. So I'm going to go with go to hell, get a job. You really that can't might be one wrong. of my favorite moments of all time. Like, legitimately, that is a fantastic pick. Like, I was hoping that would be a steal of the second round. Let's just not forget <laughs> that that guy turned into a goddamn senator. <laughs> that guy, of all people. Yeah. That yeah. just shows you the power of football in the South. That's all I have to say. There's no yeah. question that that's the defining moment of the Tuberville era, correct? Like, that oh, is the, oh, yeah. the moment yeah. of that era, and there's no second. There's no close second. Yeah, that is yep. the moment that you knew it was over. Like that is the moment that is the I hate to say it this way. That was the Nevada moment where you just you kind of knew it's over. Like it's this it's not going to get better from here. It's all going downhill. You just really killed it, man. You killed the vibe. <laughs> you killed the vibe. Yeah, I know, you know how to do you know that. Why? You just you just throw Nevada in there anywhere, and vibes are killed. <laughs> do you know why it killed the vibe though? It's because we're in a transitional period with our football program, and as as certain as we want to all be that that Satterfield's the guy, you just don't know. You really don't know. And so I don't. Let's not go down the path. That's a whole other. That's a po- podcast for another day. The meh, the meh that is the hire of Kenny Satterfield. I've got a beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Coomer, please, please go ahead and do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for my wraparound. Here we go with the wraparound pick. I, I was thinking whether I want to have a theme with my five picks. The, the challenge, deal. the challenge I have is that there's one, there's one moment, there's one era of of Cincinnati sports that I think was dumber than the rest. And no matter how many times I think back on it, it's it's always, it just gets dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber. So with my first pick of the draft, fifth pick overall, I think that the, I have to start with John Brandon in an effort to turn around Jaron Cumberland's season, welcomed the young man into his office, wanted to break bread, get him back on track. Hey, we got off on the wrong foot here. I, I benched you for God knows what reason. Listen. You see this piece of paper here? Shakes the piece of paper. He says this. <laughs> you see, coach, coach, what's that? What's that vase in your hands? What are you doing with that vase? Son, this is an urn. We're going to burn this stat sheet. We're going to burn this start. We're going to get off on the right foot. John Brandon sets ablaze Jaron Cumberland's <laughs> stats in an effort to get him bought back into the team and back on the right track. And to me, there is no dumber moment from the John Brandon era. And that's a really dumb era, folks. That to me is that's my first pick. It's a no brainer. John Brandon burning Jaron Cumberland's stat sheet. Damn. All right. We, we've when had you were, all you going through that, when you're going through that, and I'm like, please pick Brandon's stat sheet. Please pick <laughs> Brandon's stat sheet. Because uh, like I know you have you're going to have a theme with this, and that has to be how you kick off the theme here. Please pick Brandon's stat sheet. <laughs> I won't apologize. 
This era was dumb, and I want to make sure everyone remembers exactly how dumb it was. And so with my second pick, I get the comeback here, the wraparound. It's a tough choice. There's there's several moments. In fact, I would I would argue that Brandon actually made an effort here to steal a potential moment with, with his mentioning of of Tari Eason's benching, but we won't stop there. There's others to cho- choose from. To me, this dumb moment came after John Brandon was fired. It came after the fallout. And no, I'm not referring to a certain lawyer. No, instead, what I'm going to refer to is an online community that was harassed heckled and tormented by a coach's wife. Lisa Brandon and her burners is my second pick. How stupid. John Brandon's wife lives in infamy based on creating burner after burner after burner to either uh, heckle John Cunningham and his decision to oust uh, this ridiculous coach um, or what, what else was she doing with, I mean, these burners were incredible. They're, they probably still live to this day, but this was a, this was a tragic moment in UC history. One that now we can laugh about, thankfully, but to me, the Lisa Brandon burners are also are, are two a are one a one B when it comes to stupid moments during the John Brandon era. And so that's my second pick. Just, just an incredible pick. And then just, I think everybody kind of knew like immediately who it was like, I mean, I forget who, initially sought it out but whoever it was i salute you a great moment in uc twitter history right that's a moment where it's not as sad it's not as it doesn't it doesn't bring me down as much because the firing had already happened we had moved on right i can i can simply laugh about how stupid this really is but it was real and those burners existed do i have to throw an allegedly in there i'm not really making any any sweeping accusations but to me uh twitter sluice had proved that that burners were existing Allegedly. (laughs) What just, man, there's another, that's just another great one. There's going to be a lot of ones from the Brandon era that we're going to have to go through. And it was only two, two years, two short years, but two great years. Um, You know, but before John Brandon, there was another coach here at the university of Cincinnati. So for my second round pick, I, you can't really pick the we're at a school that invented Benadryl because that was before the AAC. That was Big East days still, you know. Um, but I do want to bring up that um, Mick Cronin, uh, uh, J.P. Mikura, who is a well-known name in UC fandom, and, um, you know, Miles Fox Morrissey, as some of you may know him. Um, it just so many great posts and memes over the years, but for whatever reason, he just liked to talk shit. And he apparently he was pretty good at it because he caused our coach to be filmed by Xavier fans, like being much shorter than him too, in his all black suit, dressed to the nines, just chasing after him, pointing his, you know, you, you don't say that to me. And just, he had a whole tirade after the game. And I, I, I think about this moment, guys. And I really do think that this was the start of people being like, you know, enough with this dude. Like, I'm not really like, did, did any UC fan really defend him after that? Other than just saying like, you know, Oh, JB McCurris sucks. He's a, like, I, I, I don't really think anybody came to his defense after that. And I think like after that, and obviously Hummer brought it up so we can now all say it, that was the Nevada year two. So, you know, that leads into that, but just, 
just the stupidity to be have yourself filmed like yelling at a kid when you know you're supposed to be the leader or whatever and I don't know I just that he had many dumb moments and I didn't list them but there's a bunch uh that could be brought up but I just I think that was so dumb and like it that's why Xavier fans loved him and they still love him and they're never (laughs) gonna let go of him and I just it was so dumb. I So uh, with my second pick, maybe I'm reaching with that one, but Mick Cronin yelling at J.P. Mercura. I do hate J.P. Mercura, though. You know, that's the only defense of Mick is that, gosh, you know, that is one hateable dude. And if anyone deserved to be shouted down by by a fighting Mick Cronin, it, it was J.P. Mercura. Yeah, I'd probably have been corrupted by some Xavier fans. I've, I've gotten too friendly with the enemy. I got to start, you know, <laughs> getting getting back to my defenses, but... Sh- yeah, I just careful. remember that moment and like people were yelling at me at Dana Gardens after the game because I was the only guy in there wearing a UC shirt. And I was already already obviously down after the game. Some nice young lady who went to Xavier told me that our, our team fucking sucked because we didn't cover the spread. So that was uh, a <laughs> that was good, too. But um, just I don't know. That whole, that whole a, moment was just so dumb. Yeah. She was a degenerate before being a degenerate was cool in 2023. But I will say, I'm, I feel like a concerned dad right now where you're starting to hang out with the wrong crowd. And I'm like, son, you need to think about who you're, you're spending your time with. <laughs> Find some good influences. Stop hanging out with talking to Xavier fans. Come on, Steve. <laughs> Completely fair. Completely fair. I need to be reined back in. And that's why I'm here with you all. So, Justin, please take me out of this. Take, take us to your next pick. All right, boys, I'm going to blindside you with this one because uh, this one's not on the list. And I think everybody forgot about it, but this is one thing that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Let me let me get an exact date here. I just want to make sure I have an exact date. Hold on one second. Oh, the suspense. Okay, yeah. Uh, December 21st, 2021. The Bearcats. They're going to the college football playoff. Things are looking great. Just makes sense. Hell of a year, thirteen and zero. It's got to happen. What is one brand that decided to shed the fat of the Cincinnati brand name do to commemorate their shedding of the fat of their newly renowned team that is now going to the college football playoff, but host a drone show? in Nifford Stadium to commemorate everything Under Armour in Cincinnati and all their history after they already cut ties. And (laughs) it is beyond me because I still don't understand how they had to cut so much budget that they could not keep the Cincinnati name and had to end the contract early but could pay for a drone show in Nippert Stadium. I still think it is one of the stupidest bootlicking moves I have ever seen in my life. And there's a reason why Under Armour will not have a chance at Cincinnati. Uh, sorry, boys, you missed out. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. No mo. No mo. Justin, I admire your hate for this single thing because, like, I, <laughs> this I, I is think this hate. is a. Yeah, it's it's very niche hate. I don't know if it would have been brought up. I completely forgot about it. So I, I, I personally think it was a genius business move by by Under Armour, <laughs> and, and that's I'm, exactly I'm, why it's stupid. 
I'm that's exactly take, I'm gonna, yeah stupid. i'm taking i'm taking the other side of the argument here it's a great 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 time look they, they didn't have to pay extra money to us they get the extra exposure and they get this you know what they spent to spend a couple hundred dollars on on some shitty drones i mean it's probably more you know like two thousand dollars on some shitty drones congratulations they, they somehow made the front page of the Cincinnati Enquirer, but no one paid for the subscription to see the actual story. <laughs> R.I.P. Enquirer. <laughs> Pay us one dollar. <laughs> one dollar for three months, and then nah, sorry, too much, too much. Back to Hummer. All right, Hummer's second guys, round pick. I'm gonna make fun of myself here. I'm going to go any basketball game at Temple. Uh, been to quite a few there. <laughs> <laughs> Got a picture so, with, a, so with my idol brand. there. This is so on brand. So on Brandon. Got that picture with Brandon at the, <laughs> at the Temple game. <laughs> somehow, somehow got myself courtside seats for like $8. How did you God. do that? <laughs> How could you ever get courtside seats at Temple? $8. $8 for courtside seats at Temple. Uh, sat behind, sat behind the Terry Nelson, the Terry Nelson. <laughs> and after the game, just like waited around and was hanging out with all the players' families, mosing my way on down to the court. Got to meet John Brandon, got a picture taken with him. But not only that, I've been to other, that same game. The fans behind me were like, like they're all like, oh yeah, like we're going to beat Cincinnati and I'm betting them beers. And I'm like, do you guys realize like you guys are playing against the reigning conference player of the year. And they're, they had no idea. Temple fans had no idea. Jaron Cumberland was, was on the court. And I was like, you guys are so dumb. Like it was the easiest beer I've ever won. So not only did I meet John Brandon, I was trash when I met him. And, <laughs> That's and the I only was, way to meet John Brandon. <laughs> yeah. And I remember just, I talked to him about uh, gate, the, the, the Madsen twins, uh, you know, and he was, I mean, he was, nice you talked to him about the madsen twins yeah wow choice we had, we had just done our uh our, our profiles on them with i forget who we interviewed on that one but um but yeah no um any temple game dumb dumb things happen temple fans are um uh, they have boards so i don't know if we can wrap the boards into this conversation but they're they're fascinating go watch the temple boards especially when they play you see in football scroll back there's like this, this is very like they start off super like we're gonna win. This is what we have to do. This is gonna happen. To like immediately as soon as the first kickoff happens, it flips to like shit. Oh my god, this is this is the worst day in my life. Maybe maybe if we get more people to watch TV, we can we can we can flip the energy. Maybe maybe maybe. A solid Maybe. pick, sir. I would expect nothing less. And this is this podcast clip is no doubt being going to be played in the Temple locker room heading into our matchup on Friday. <laughs> Bulletin board God. audio. Bulletin material. Hummer, I'm right there with you, baby. I hate them. I hate them with a fire of a thousand suns. All the tweets that I put out about how we never have to play Temple again immediately eviscerated. <laughs> hey, as long as the mayor doesn't say anything about it, I think we're good. <laughs> Aftab pure evil. <laughs> Back to the Moving beginning. Four more games. Four more games. <laughs> the long right. wait is over, sir. You are back with your second pick and final pick of the second round. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on uh, a basketball theme here. I think uh, my first three picks will all be in the realm of basketball. My final two and football, if I can play this out the way I want it to. Uh, if you remember back at the beginning, the very beginning, if you will, <clears throat> of this conference, the year before that, we had a little scuffle with the uh, the Musketeers of Xavier. Um, it, who? Who? Exactly. Egg Xavier. Yes. They, uh, things State. Got the court. Um, you might remember Nancy Gates. Uh, you might remember a, uh, a bleeding, uh, what was it? Ken, Kenny Freeze. Uh, you might remember that. For the next two years, the dumbest thing imaginable was that we, and I don't mean us five, someone somewhere had the bright idea of renaming the shootout the Crosstown Classic. So it seemed, quote unquote, less violent. What <laughs> is this? Okay, that, that to me, thank God that did not stick. People, you know, revolted uh, and was going to bring the violence. So the, the shootout is back. Um, those two brief years, just embarrassing. Get that, That's a great get call that back. Woke, get that, that, get that was woke, stupid. Get that wokeness out of here. <laughs> that captures the essence of this draft though that's a that's a wonderful pick by brandon to me pick. that that captures the, the pure essence of how of doing something incredibly stupid and dumb and we should we should honor that Moving i, I on, love it uh, just the whole thing the whole thing I, th- I think that's a good way to cap the second round there and I, i'm uh, uh, ready for the third I, i've got this highlighted as well i don't i don't think this was on the list but to sort of just uh to go off of what Hummer was saying about how dumb it was to play at Temple, I actually think it was much dumber to play in, in another place in the conference, especially what seemed like every year, this out in the middle of nowhere podunk town that Hummer is describing in stores. We took the conference championship tournament there. I don't know how many years in a row. For some reason, we saw our man Gary Clark get his tooth knocked out of his head, right? Uh, Alls in any way, shape, or form that UConn need of them, they got them, including working the the shot clock or or the game clock. Uh, But Gary Clark getting his his tooth knocked out of his face is is going to be my leadoff pick for round three. I'm going to go with uh, the calls for UConn definitely being for the fact that they got free stays at the Hilton. For all the refs, that is for sure why they got the calls. Yeah, uh, my, isn't I've that book by Peace Bus Stores? Well, it, I did want to ask you though about Hartford. Isn't that like the XL Center in like the convention center? So like there was like some I, I don't know. It's like it's just an abandoned building, and you never know that there was like an actual basketball arena inside of there or something like that. You wouldn't know that anything is in downtown Hartford. Like this isn't just like. You know, people all need to crime in New York's bad Hartford. No, no. Hartford is a shithole, right? Most of the North inner Northeast is a shithole. We're back like, to Hartford. Yeah. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Springfield in here. I'm going to get Springfield in there because you get a lot of UConn fans going up from Springfield where, where the, uh, the basketball, the NBA basketball hall of fame is located. Shithole. There's one good restaurant there called Max's. Shout out to Max's Steakhouse right next to the, right next to the NBA. Hall of Fame, but no, the whole area up there is just like it's been abandoned. 
Who's responsible for this? I look away for one minute to do some research on my next picks, and someone got hovered back on Hartford. Who did that? That was me. That was me. They did it. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, no. I just pieces out. It's done. It's done. We're moving on. Moving on from Hartford. Justin, please. Very nice take one, us two, Hartford. Brandon. Very nice one, two, or two, three. Um. Well, wait. We we snake back around, right? Uh, we did. Yeah, Goes back yeah, yeah. to. It goes not, back to is it Justin? It goes back yeah. to Hummer. Yeah, yeah look at this. Don't be stealing the deal. Yeah. Oh, the deal. Justin looked ready to do it too. <laughs> Thief. Uh, you know, mine's not on this list, but I think one of the most stupid things that the University of Cincinnati has done since we've been in the American Athletic Conference was the day that Under Armour decided to cut ties with us, that we let them hang around with a quote-unquote equipment deal when we have someone who literally works for Jordan Brand. What the hell are we still doing flirting with Under Armour when literally we have someone who's been working at Jordan Brand who was a former University of Cincinnati basketball player this is the dumbest thing that I've, we've been saying over and over and over again when i hear kevin sampson uh with his stupid little i'm gonna be funny quote yeah walk in the recruits house and they say hey nice jordan 12s coach and he's like i don't even know what those are get the fuck out of here you totally know what those are you know what you're doing you know exactly how those bring lot the kids eyes light up and on top of that houston your colors are red and white all right chicago bulls colors the only thing that makes it better if it's bearcats because throw some black in there baby and we are the original colors of jordan all right and now look at this if people who say it's not a big deal ravon throws up a little instagram post what's he have on it a little jordan brand on on the thing but in the back of it he has a nice little shoe a nice jordan one colorway that is fire that people are getting robbed for these shoes in the streets of new york you can't wear them out yet we decide we're just going to stick around with under armor for some free gear dumb oh god That's even the players even pick. the players revolted this year and decided to wear non well i mean there's another moment that could be picked it's it's a recent one but you know that the, even the players this year decided enough was enough with under armor I almost Players went with that moment. Alike. I almost alike. went with that moment, but uh, I found a way to. I feel like to elevate that moment. <laughs> I like it. I like it. He pulled out the 1997 vintage. <laughs> now we move on to Justin. Third pick. See, this is tough. I'm trying to. I. I there's so many good things here on the board, but I have so many other things that are off the board too. And I don't know if all of them fit in an exact order, but um, I'm going to say something to the effect of. No, I'm going on the board. Uh, 2017 Miami. Um, they thought they were the Philadelphia Eagles. They thought they were going to win the damn Super Bowl. They thought they were going to beat Cincinnati for the first time in. Uh, what would that have been at that point? What, like 13 years somewhere 13 12 years and grease the poles only to have the entire game crumble in front of them 
in front of the end zone with like a minute left. And <laughs> this game that will always torture them and haunt them because it's just about the closest that they've ever got uh, slips away in the end. And yeah, I don't know. I the fact that they greased the poles for Miami of all places. It's not. It's not like this is some big school. It's not like this is like Tennessee beating Alabama, where they carried the poles halfway across the city and dumped them into the river. This is Miami, Ohio, folks. <laughs> there, there ain't shit to do there. It's like a double entendre of dumb because <laughs> it was dumb to do it thinking you were actually going to win the game. But even if you were going to win the game. Fuck the goalpost. What are you doing? <laughs> what were you doing, Miami? Man, this is one of my personal favorites, and I'm glad I got picked because just from being there, like, okay, y'all, they, they brought all of their recruits for that weekend. They hyped them all up saying, we're going to win. We got them this year. They made T-shirts that are publicly available. Uh, well, not publicly, but some we, we got our hands on some after the game because they were just sitting in boxes waiting to be passed out to all the Miami fans of, you know, we won the bell uh, with the date on it and everything. So they could never use them again. They put all of their eggs in one basket and it crumbled just so mightily. <laughs> I, it was just, Oh my God. I, like, like I just said, so perfect. We are their Super Bowl. <laughs> we are their Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that caveat in there is so great. He's, with the date, so it can't be used again. <laughs> I'm picturing this is terrible. I'm picturing some third world country, some <laughs> kid wearing a shirt that says "We won the bell." <laughs> Insert date 2017. <laughs> oh my gosh! Honestly, that uh, that might be the the best pick of the draft when you consider positioning here. Third round. A lot of comedy in that pick. That's a great, great callback, Justin. I will, I will pay someone all of their, all of their travels, fully, <laughs> fully stocked travel to go to like some Indonesian market and <laughs> just drop one of those shirts in and take a picture. <laughs> I would pay the top dollar just to see that. We're putting you up in the Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's who's up next? We can move uh, on to Steve. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm gonna keep it simple and move on because um, I, I I keep forgetting who had the tweet, but uh, the tw only tweet that made me laugh on the day that Luke Fickle left was whoever the guy was that said, "Now we can all stop acting like team was a cool moniker." So I'm just. Just for I'm just gonna put T E A M on the graphic, and then but that team is gonna be my pick. Not cool. Not you no. Know, the, no. I think no. the abbreviation. I think out the abbreviation doesn't look terrible personally. I'm like I don't. It's pretty harmless. But once you like dive into the meaning behind it, it took me like three years to actually learn what it meant. I was so disinterested. It's a cool <laughs> team. Uh, I get it. It sounds like something Scott Satterfield will come up with. All the hate oh. or the how much swag he doesn't have. It sounds like something that he he would have brought into the university. Scott Satterfield, you mean Kenny Satterfield? Kenny. <laughs> Guys, we have a long, hopefully, hopefully for good reasons only, long, long future 
<laughs> so pace yourselves on the Satterfields. <laughs> Kenny, baby. I think Let's that, go. that ship has sailed, Justin. There's no pacing <laughs> happening. This is, uh, we're, we're going in. Just the just the team thing was so stupid, and the fact that he had it printed like on the back of like his like vests and stuff and like in the building too like uh, he had all the same stuff from ohio state like the four to six a to b like the four rules that urban meyer had he just copied and pasted all of that stuff from ohio state down 71 here and i don't know how he got away with it but he did so do you think he's it's in it's hanging in the wisconsin locker rooms now like do you think oh, he's yeah. just basically copied and pasted oh, yeah. into a wisconsin template the only yeah. the only difference is like he went through his resume and he's like crossed out like blacked out the word Cincinnati everywhere because apparently he hated his time here so much, you know like that's that's the only difference is like he took it and he's actually like oh yeah Ohio State Wisconsin you know he took he drew he took out the lines that 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 went to Cincinnati first he, he's just uh, I'm out I'm over here I think uh, it's a great pick Steve because correct me if I'm wrong but to me putting team on the back of your vest is something that you would never see a power five team or a power five coach do like that is very much encapsulates a G five experience. And now that you mention it, honestly, we should have been embarrassed the entire time. And maybe, maybe we were and deep down, we were just suppressing it because the results on the field were solid, but that is very much like little Dick energy. The the team on the back. I also, of the I also little, just love how energy. he would, yeah, he would just try to tweet it out as a hashtag, but it'd be hashtag team and then uh, T and then it would be dot, you know, and then just be regular text for the rest. So um, that and then um, just the other thing about copying Ohio State stuff. Now we can talk about it because he's gone. They, that first year, like that Miami game, they tried to make them the team up Northwest and that was stupid. That was gone oh. like within like two seconds. Oh. Um, I still remember a video of Brady Collins trying to do like the, you know, Ohio State does their stupid like ritual where they like like call the blood of the elders and like uh, somehow win win games like, you know, like they do that, that stupid like, the oh, oh and like the, the, you know, so they tried to do that for the spring game, but they realized, oh, yeah, no students are here. We can't do it. So and like that was a point where there were no students showing up like an hour before the game, like the called up at Ohio State does. So like they. That, that that's just things I love from the early fickle area that era that went away like immediately that uh, I don't know it's just very funny to me. A great call, a great call. Honestly, your your eyes become open once you have separation and you have some time away from from a loved one, and and you realize that you know there were things about that person <laughs> I I loved a lot of things I didn't love everything and that was one of the things I don't look back fondly on. Great pick. All right, is it time for my my third and fourth picks here? And I promised a theme. And I thought about it. You know, is this the right direction for my roster? If I really want to win this competition, do I stick to my theme or do I pivot? Do I adjust? Do I recalibrate midstream? No, we doubled down. I want to take you guys back to a time in 2020 when the Crosstown shootout was at risk. We weren't sure that the game was actually going to be played. And if you think back to 2020, fans were not allowed in the stands at this time. And our coach at the time, head basketball coach, John Brannon, thought it was a great idea to add some spice to the rivalry. In fact, 
you can look back on the athletic and the archives and, and see on October 14th, Justin Williams wrote an article titled John Brandon spices up Crosstown shootout <laughs> with game announcement, Twitter video, <laughs> this shit talking. And I'm putting that very much in air quotes. This shit talking Twitter video is one of the most embarrassing and dumbest things in the history of Cincinnati Bearcats basketball. For those who don't remember this video, we'll get into the content. It was a knockoff of a video Chris Mack did for the Louisville and Kentucky rivalry, except Chris Mack actually did it with a certain level of charisma and entertainment value and production quality. John Brannon copied his vacation buddies shit talking video as a way to say, hey, Xavier, it's not fair that we're playing a home game and not in front of a crowd. And so this should be a neutral site game. And if you don't do it, that's stupid. And all right, you won't do it. So we're going to play it here anyway. And oh, but I'm just letting you know you're stupid. It was the worst <laughs> video. It basically was Brandon saying, yeah, you got me. You dominated me in negotiations. I couldn't get you to fold. Oh, and by the way, Bearcats play Xavier at home December 6, 2020 and lose the fucking game. That is one of the most embarrassing and stupid moments in Bearcats basketball, and I'm adding it to my roster right now. Just chef's kiss. I don't even want to add to it. That was perfect. Uh, just just keep in mind that there's two coaches who did that, and both of those coaches uh, do not coach uh, head coach. They're not head coaches in college basketball anymore. More time to vacation. More time to make TikToks. <laughs> wow speaking oh so i have another pick now we're coming yep. back on on the second reach around sorry second wrap around and Gilmer <laughs> loves the old reach around that 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 just tickled my fancy we're going to go with we're going to stick with the theme fellas there was a non-conference tournament that was played i believe in saint thomas and this, this tournament, the best broadcast you could find of this tournament that became known as, I think it was the Paradise Jam. Do I have the name correct? The Paradise yes. Jam played in St. Thomas. The best way to watch this game was through a live stream by Ryan Hummer, who was watching live in the crowd with his wife as he live commented, it's not even, you don't even, you don't hear any commentary. I was sitting with the player's family. You were sitting with the player's family and all you can hear the entire time as you see grainy footage of what may or may not be basketball being played by the Cincinnati Bearcats is you hear Hummer's wife having some lovely conversation with the couple behind them. But that was literally the best way to watch this game because flow sports was such an ad, abject failure and disaster. And that whole, that whole tournament experience was brutal and embarrassing and stupid. And so I would say the fact that that tournament was broadcast on Flow Sports is, in fact, the dumbest moment. And I won't even get into the results of that tournament because that's an entirely different story. But but that that's my fourth pick would be would be Flow Sports and the fact that Hummer broadcasting the game through his cell phone was, was the best way to watch. Hey, I remember that's when we kind of first started this uh, whole podcast venture. And... That was a defining moment for the podcast because we went from like super, like really obscure two followers obscure to like we got to like a hundred followers. 
guys, you see this Cincy Sunday Bearcats podcast? They're live streaming the St. Thomas game. <laughs> I don't even have to buy Flow Sports. This is incredible. Well, the coverage so is I shitty. Thought, <laughs> I mean, just as shitty as the other one. I thought you were talking about so the year before that, Mick Cronin, he loves the Caribbean Islands for some reason. I think we went down to the Caymans uh, for yeah. the year before. We won that tournament, but I think the players literally had a fire festival like locker room set up. Like they literally had to like get dressed in a tent or something. I I, com- <laughs> I might be just like misremembering my tournaments here, but like that, just just the fact that they had to do fire festival like cheese on bread, stay in a tent type of shit for a college basketball team is just so funny to me. So I'm not, I'm not going to comment, but I'm sticking to my theme of, I wanted to stick to my theme of uh, John Brandon era disaster. I'm I'm (laughs) not going to comment on, on the, on the accommodations of the other teams, but for the paradise jam, the Bearcats were held up at the Ritz Carlton. Um, It was nice. It was nice. We went, we went one day to to check it out because they put the donors over with the bums like us at the Margaritaville. And um, we got invited over to like a watch party of sorts uh, over at the Ritz and um, much better accommodations than a uh, fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> um, Back to you, Steve. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I, I'm running through here and I, I just don't want to overreach because there's still some good moments that are left here. And I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm there, but in my, in my theme of, you know, talking about things I was personally around, you know, I was there for the go to hell, get a job. I was there at that cross town shootout for the Mick thing. I was there for most of the Luke fickle era and the team thing. I was there in Tampa, Florida, November 19th of 2015, Friday night. Uh, fellas, I don't know if that's the exact date because, but uh, I could probably pull up my Instagram. I posted an Instagram that night from the pirate ship at, at Raymond James stadium. But what proceeded to happen after that, where UC, you know, had a chance, they were seven and uh, six and four, you know, if they won their last two games, maybe they had a shot at getting into the conference championship game. Same with USF. You know, they were trying to get into the conference championship game. Man, Tommy Tuberville must have had the greatest or worst pregame speech ever because once the Bearcats got in back into the lap, uh, locker room at halftime, what was the score, fellas? 51 to 3. 51 to 3. And I just – I, I like it just being there was even worse somehow than people watching it on TV. And I, I've talked to people who watched it on TV. And then obviously later that year was the Hawaii bowl where, which I was also there for, but man, like just, man, like I, like I said, I've grown up a UC fan, diehard lifelong, like, you know, I try to watch as many games as I can to be in the building for a moment like that, where you're like, Oh yeah, we're getting cooked right now. Like this is, it was just, like, I, I don't know if I've still recovered from that day, to be honest. Like, it was horrible. So, uh, I'm I'm putting that on there as my fourth-round pick, 51-3. to I, I do think Tuberville should have been let go just for getting a scoreline that bad when you're supposed to win the conference. When you're picked to win the conference that year, that was just horrendous. So, hey, yeah. at least he stayed on the sideline the entire game. 
it's fun to think back. The only the only good thing about thinking back on moments like that is that that program since went on to make a college football playoff and be invited to the Big 12. Like it really is a remarkable turnaround, which is why as corny as Luke Fickle was, we're going to think back fondly on that time. All right, keep that thought because I saw recently on Twitter that USF fans were, some of them were, were dreaming of going, wanting to go back to the day of the Sun Belt Conference. And like, I was like, let's have local little rivalries with, with our neighboring schools. And then I'm sitting there thinking like, didn't you guys just invite like Florida Atlantic into the conference? Like, isn't that you're now like, you guys are back in the Sun Belt. Like, you guys are literally in back. You're actually worse than the Sun Belt now. So, yeah, the Sun Belt is legit now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that another team that I'm glad I'll never have to see again. Uh, just I hate them. I hate all of our American Conference members, but them in Temple, I hate the most. All right, Justin, your fourth pick. All right. Um, I think I'm just gonna do it. I, we've kind of we've kind of touched on it. We've kind of touched on it already, so I we can't not say it. And the fact that this has gone to the fourth round, I think, is ridiculous. Um, in 2018, there was a tournament that did not occur. It did not occur. Okay, but I'm going to encapsulate. Technically, technically, you can make this two. Don't rag on me. It's going to be one. The entire 2018 tournament for the Bearcats. Let us start with Georgia State. For those of you who do not remember, we eat at Wendy's, they eat at Ruth Chris. (laughs) The Georgia State coach made his own bulletin board material by saying, we basically eat the four for four or the biggie bag while they're eating at Ruth's Chris (laughs) after selection Sunday. And that was part of their hype in order to basically try to beat the Bearcats. That did not go well. Uh, the Bearcats won. And he had after- the wrong steakhouse. <laughs> did, wait, what did I say? I thought no, no, it was no, no, no. you have you have the right steakhouse. That's what he said. But he had the wrong steakhouse. Well, right, we don't right, need right. <laughs> well, Justin, Ron Hunter has beat us a couple of times too. So maybe he was right in the end, you know. Maybe, maybe he was right, but <laughs> let's let's continue on. Um, there was also a quote from Mick. In talking about after that game, where we beat them, where uh, he said that he doesn't believe in elite eights and all that stuff. <laughs> that if we win three oh. more in a row, he's not going to celebrate. And at the end of the year, that's what banquets are for. <laughs> and then proceeds to play Nevada and blow a 22 point lead, <laughs> absolutely outcoached, outclassed in every way, shape, and form and probably make the most embarrassing moment of all time of all modern time for any Bearcats fan. Um, I remember very vividly getting to watch the uh, end of the tournament video where they assemble all of it together and watching our hearts get crushed for like the millionth time after seeing that, but also uh, either tying or setting the NCAA record for the biggest lead blown in a game in the March Madness tournament history, uh, which now thankfully has been surpassed. I don't remember who did that. Uh, Somebody else took that uh, honor away from us, but yeah. Can I I just like pour some like extra gasoline? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. 
I'm going to pour some gasoline on the fire there. So Coomer and I, I think everybody from Cincinnati was in Nashville that weekend. Uh, we just happened to have, we had a bachelor, bachelor party for a friend down there and we're watching selection Sunday and we see how it's going down and we immediately, like, we know it's going, going down. We're already going to be in Nashville. We booked this place months in advance. Like, hell yeah. And sitting in the airport watching that game. But more importantly, when you lay out the rest of the path that would have been the final four, something had happened that weekend that had never happened before, which was a number one seed lost. Virginia lost the UMBC. And we're all just salivating of the fact that all we have to do is beat Nevada, beat Loyola, beat UMBC. You're telling us we're in the championship game final four what it, it, it was a layup to it was like wait it was as a two seed with <laughs> like on, arguably arguably one of the best rosters we've had you know like gary clark evan like oh my god gary Just, clark jacob evans jaron cumberland the, the, the full nine yards kyle washington kyle washington all of the guys we played defense it was mixed best offensive team <laughs> the whole thing oh my god the, the, oh my God. the damn Martin brothers. I still, I still shuddered. I still shuddered. I, I never, every time that the image of Mick Cronin screaming his head off at Jaron Cumberland as he committed yeah. a dumb foul was, was something that truly stuck with me. And actually I was extremely offline at the time. I was not on Bearcats Twitter. I'm not a <laughs> blogger, a content creator of any sort. I created a blog site, free WordPress site <laughs> to get online and literally rant about Mick Cronin and how embarrassing the coaching performance was and how embarrassing the post-game presser was too. Cause he, instead of being accountable for the results, it was all about there's so many more things happening in the world. And I've got friends with these conditions and all those things are sad and true, but it was like, dude, you just blew a 22 point lead. Dude, call timeout, get your teams like head together. And say, <laughs> just play defense. Let's play defense the, for the last 10 minutes. Do the thing the that you are better than 99% of teams in the country at doing. Just play Do it one time. One, and you were one doing it play. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was dumb. Well, now that we've ripped that Band-Aid off, <laughs> and mainly, let, let's just say we can leave that in the past. I Every time, I now living here in Nashville, every time that I pass by Bridgestone Arena, I shudder just a little bit. Uh, and I would like to just say that that is part of the American. That is part of our past. That is part of McCronin. We have now moved on through John Brandon. It is time to let it go. And this is this is the ceremonial boat funeral fire. This is the ceremonial just urn. Just let but it go. In three Thanks years, I'm go. gonna talk about it again. <laughs> I'll talk about it in like two days. <laughs> Hummer, fourth pick. West fourth pick of the West Miller, West Miller's Ferragamos. All right. West Miller wore Ferragamo gym shoes to stick it to Under Armour. We're going to go theme here. And here's why this is awesome, guys. Our coach is, he's a young stud, right? He has a, he does have a little bit of a, a little bit of, you know, like a way with him. And he's wearing $950 gym shoes. But he's like, you know what? I just got paid, right? I'm going to take these $950 gym shoes that have nothing to do with basketball because they're probably terrible to play in. And I'm going to wear these to courtside with a suit right before I take off my jacket because I get too sweaty, but make sure you pan down to these shoes because they are Farrah fucking gamos. All right. 
I don't know what you guys are hearing. Jordan brand. That's not really happening. All right. It's Ferragamo's. We're getting sponsored by Ferragamo's. Next thing you know, it's going to cost $900 for us to get a Jersey. It's going to cost $900 to get shoes. Wes Miller, a fashion icon, a fashionista. He's leading the way. He's going to be that cool coach. Coomer alluded to it in his blog about the, the, the progress we have seen. The next thing you need is not only a coach who can coach, but a coach who can inspire young men to be great. Uh, guys, and this man is a great dresser. Sometimes you have to rain Hummer in. And, and I just want to pause on the fan, the West Miller fan fiction for a moment and ask you, sir, what was dumb about what you just described? Nothing's dumb about it. It was one of my favorite moments. While we're in the AAC, West Miller is saying, you know what? You know what? I'm going to be a boss. I'm going to be a baller. I'm going to wear $950 there shoes was something when the dumb other team can't even afford it. Yeah. The, the, well, I, I'm going to help you out, Hummer, here. And the dumb thing was that like the UCF guy got so upset about it that he had to post the picture because I don't think anybody would have noticed. Oh, no, I know. Okay, yeah. I, and I know what you're talking about where he's like, he's, and he's talking about, oh, uh, aren't they, don't they have an agreement? And he just had no idea that we had already cut ties with, with them. And it was solely, they just give us. And of course he had to make it about UCF because of Michael Jordan's kid in 2007, not being able to wear Adidas or whatever. So that, but, but yes, of course we are the problem because we like to look stylish on the sideline. You know, I look, such a self owned by UCF when they do that, I, that's that's my favorite on Twitter. See, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint. I thought it was cool if West Miller to, to have the balls to rock $950 shoes when we're sitting here talking about the cost of tuition skyrocketing. Right? Hummer, we're talking. Do you remember what? We're, do you remember where you are right now? Do you remember what we're doing? Do you remember what's happening right? We are we're drafting the dumbest moments in. The, in the history of the American, and you just keep telling me how cool this moment was. I'm just trying to help you reframe this as something dumb. No, it was cool, and I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Uh, Brent, you guys see you what can't this bully is. me. You can't bully me out of this one, Brandon. All right, UCF, please. you can't bully me out of this. Please take us take this over, Brandon. Back to you. Your fourth and fifth uh, picks, sir. These are your final picks. Final picks. The the beer I had was was eleven percent, but I do remember where I am, so I will <laughs> show here. Uh, like I said, I, I had a, I went basketball my first three, I'm going football my last two. With this one, and this is kind of like a uh, maybe just like a personal vendetta that I've you've probably heard me. I mean, if anyone's heard me talk on the podcast or whatever, I've I'm not I'm not put this to bed yet, and. Uh, jumping into the big 12 next year, I don't plan on putting it to bed anytime soon, but the fact that in 2020, a three loss Iowa state was ranked ahead of us in the college football playoff rankings because we were a part of the American athletic conference is dumb as shit. I can't, I, it, 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 the Nevada loss makes me angry, but this pisses me off. I see no justification for it. The corrupt football invitational was on full display in 2020 with a three loss, not one, not two, three loss, Iowa state ranked ahead of us. I, you put it perfectly. Dang. The college, the college football playoff mafia and whatever we were calling them back then 
uh, was was on full display. They were all the chess moves were happening behind the scenes to do whatever it took to try and keep Cincinnati out. And it just so happened that everyone just kept tripping over themselves and, and Cincinnati never fucked up. Um, and that's really the only reason we were able to make that game and allow Luke Fickle, Denbrock, Gadouli to coach like cowards. I mean, that moment doesn't happen without everything else breaking right for us. Yeah, no, it's I mean, we, we showed them the next year. So I guess you know we won at the end, uh, but still. Oh, I, apologies. Yeah, I just completely confused myself. I was thinking the next year. Come Look, on. Come on. Since he's slang, slanging's melting down. Well, I will, I will say, Brandon, that like I I do want to beat beat Iowa State because of that reason. Like this is rem- thank you for reminding me of that. Like there's going to be some added stakes to that Iowa State game because there's still a couple guys that are left from that 2020 team. I'm sure they still feel a taste in their mouth. And then you know Matt Campbell coming into town and somehow convincing the playoff committee that his three loss team was better than ours. They lost to. Uh, like Louisiana that year, game one, and they're still ranked number seven. Stephen, watch this. You, you, you've set me up perfectly here. On CatsKellerSocial.club, in the archives, you can find an article that I wrote from GoBearCats.com about the potential next hated rivals of the Bearcats. And Iowa State is definitely on that list for this very reason. So as you're perusing the website, check that out. I do think Iowa State and Cincinnati are playing footsie with each other right now on Twitter, and that's going to change. These these two schools <laughs> feel like potential rivals, and you know, obviously, my bad on on mishearing you or misremembering the situation, Brandon. But I do think it's important to bring attention to that 2020 year because it sort of is slept on now. That team was loaded, stacked, and probably even better suited for the college football playoff, and we weren't even sniffing the rankings that year with how they set it up. So that's, that is interesting to think back on. And I think we lose sight of it because of what happened in 21, the following year, but yeah, that ridiculous, ridiculous moment. I was really curious where you're going with that. Cause he's like, wait for this transition because he does have another pick and then immediately went to dumbest moments in AAC history. Pat Skeller social club. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to remind the people why they're we don't here. Know. <laughs> Technically, we're still in the AAC when this happens. So I, yeah. If someone else wants to make their own dumbest list, this could fall on that list. We don't know yet. It's kind of too early to tell. The inception. I like, I like the, the Iowa State, uh, you know, shit posting here, shit talking. You know, we're all we're dancing. Well, this isn't the biggest first shot ever fired, but whatever. You know what? I don't think Iowa has a city in Ohio named after Des Moines, right? But in Iowa, there is a city named after Cincinnati, and it is called Cincinnati, Iowa. And it has a population of 290 people. <laughs> Take that, Iowa. Take that cyclone, Take Larry. that one, Iowa State. <laughs> no, we guys, we don't know. We don't like to hear this, but our biggest rivalry is, in fact, uh, a directional school in florida like that is that is real it is a rivalry i hate him i hate them in passion and even when we played them in football we we literally we hate the we hate the thought of losing to that school it's becoming to me very close 
very not there yet, but very close to eggs. I don't want to toil in obscurity for too long though with them as we enter the Big 12. So, you know, if if that's what happens year one, year two, fine. But I'm expecting ourselves to elevate beyond sort of like outgrow our old friends, our frenemies. We're outgrowing them and moving on to new rivals as as time goes on. And there's only one person who can do that, and that's Kenny. Miami used to be a rival too. <laughs> well said. Brandon, kick off the fifth round with your fifth and final pick. You know, this, I thought this was going to get taken. I think this could be the steal of the draft here. It, it doesn't get, it, it gets talked about a decent amount, not nearly enough, though, in my opinion. It was briefly mentioned here, maybe in the first round, but I think it has to be its, its own pick. Uh, there is a, a gentleman that coached here at the university. He, I, uh, he, he blocked me on Twitter. Uh, he was down 51 to three at, at uh, South Florida. This man that, uh, got up from the table and left recruits chewing with their mouth open at Texas tech to hop a plane to Cincinnati, uh, just to, I don't, I don't know what his favorite golf course was in the city. Um, I would imagine he made his rounds to all of them quite often, but Tommy Tuberville failing upward to be a senator of the United States of America is not only one of the dumbest things for this list that we've made, I would put it in the top 50 of the dumbest things that's ever happened in this country. Okay. Tommy Tuberville is us. He's in charge of making laws that govern all of us because he's in the United States Senate. Um, Really, makes you question the the direction and the future of this country. And I, I mean, his, his campaign tour bus caught fire. I don't know if you guys, (laughs) that was a real thing that happened. What a metaphor. Quite the metaphor of just where he's, he's taking us. Um, It's quite, quite the fail upward, maybe one of the best failing upwards of all time. But for me, it's my fifth and final pick. I think when he comes around for a re-election campaign slogan, don't be a lazy American. Go to hell. Get a job. <laughs> well, I, I, the, the funny thing was, too, is that, like, I remember his opponent or someone in, in his opponent's camp talking about how, like, you know, this guy claims he was a successful football coach, but he went – seven and five and four and eight at Cincinnati in his last two years before getting fired. And I was like, well, it hurts that he, he did that to my program. Cook his ass, get him, like, get his ass. <laughs> at least our pain and suffering is being used for good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a, a nice cherry on top of your Sunday, Brandon. It's it's, it needed to be said. It needed to be said. Sure. Hummer, round two or round five, pick two. Look, the only reason we're still in this mess in the year of our Lord 2023 is because in 2016, the Big 12 didn't have the balls to do what was necessary and expand. We're here talking about what is the shithole that is the AAC because the Big 12 didn't expand, 
and in itself got ripped apart, forcing itself to expand. And here we are watching an extension of this travesty. And actually, it's not even a travesty. It's good for us because the Pac-12 is also making the dumb decision to not expand or the dumb decision to expand by offering potential SMU and San Diego State University membership in the Pac-12. Um, so it is dumb that they did not expand then and we've had to endure uh, seven years of purgatory, seven years of hell. Um, I, don't, I don't get it, but here we are. I'm excited for the end of this month, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know about you, but at the end of March, I have a feeling the Pac-12 will cease to exist. Uh, I think we got, I think we got Colorado. I think we, I think we got Mr. Uh, I think we got the ear of Deion Sanders, which as you all know, we're following very closely here at Cincy Slang at least. And uh, <laughs> we're following closely, man. Those YouTube videos are corny. They're terrible. Can't watch them. Can't follow. Fair. Either way, success on the field. It doesn't matter. I think we got the ear in him. I think we're getting the four corner schools. I think you're coming to the big 12. The basketball conference is going to be semi-professional and um, football is going to be nationwide coast to coast for all of us gambling addicts out there. We're going to be able to gamble from sun up till sundown. No other conference will have that. Thank you. Dumbest transferring into one of the greatest moments. I, I love that. That's a, that's a perfect encapsulation of your draft. <laughs> Moving from dumbest so, to greatest, I love that Hummer. It's 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 sort of transitioning from you know the awful, stupid past to the a future of hope and opportunity. Something that Tommy Tuberville does not offer us. <laughs> dilly dilly, <laughs> dilly dilly. <laughs> Let's bring that back, huh? Let's bring it back. Bring back dilly dilly. <laughs> one of the all-time greatest things ever i actually remember very vividly seeing uh there was a guy dressed up as like the bud light knight like walking around campus and i ran into him at bento like i got a picture with him outside bento <laughs> it's just like all right cool i own, I own dilly one, dilly. i own one eagle shirt and it is philly philly uh that was the year they won the super bowl was when that when that commercial came out and that's the that is I was living in Philly at the time and we were with, you know, Philly fans watching the game. I was like, all right, I'm going to root for, you know, obviously can't root for the, the evil that is the Patriots. We're going to root for, we're going to root for Philadelphia. So one shirt, I said, I didn't want anything to set Eagles on it. Wanted to just be like, you know, I can wear it. So oh, I lived in Philly. Yeah. Philly, Philly totally wore that shirt in Phoenix to the Phoenix open and just walked up to people and whispered in their ear. Who day? <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Hummer. Nice final pick. Justin, you're up for your final pick of the draft. All right. Uh, going to be going off board again here. Some people may view this as I, I think some of mine are could go both ways. Uh, there, there could be reasons to celebrate and there could be reasons to uh, find it very stupid. That's what she um, said. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with for my final Fifth and final pick. Um, 
tearing out the corners of the end zones to allow FC Cincinnati to play, which also meant that we could not paint our end zones, whatever color we wanted. And also meant that people could not step on Nippert stadiums field at any given point in time when there was not a game being played for years on end. I love FC Cincinnati. I will always cheer for them. I think it was great when they were Nippert. It was a lot of fun, but there were way too many little nuances about that experience where everybody just wanted them gone for a long time. And we were waiting for that stadium to be done so they could just get out. And as much as I love them, it's, (laughs) I still think that it is incredibly stupid that we, we, we're going into the big 12. If we, if we keep the things up, I, I guess I understand that it's kind of a cool view to be up along the edge of the field, but just add a couple more thousand or a couple more hundred, whatever, how many hundred seats it is back into the stadium. It just, just finish the bowl. There's there's, it's a U shape. Just let it be a U shape. Let it be the horseshoe shape. The designer brain really showing here. And I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Just fix it. Just fix it. Fill it yeah. in, please. Aesthetically. Just do fix it. it. Just got to do it. Yep. Let's make it a student section, standing room, standing room only general admission student section. I, I actually want to add and I'll add on this too. The fact that we added like club club seats there, like standing on like a platform in the concave shape that was cut out from there. And I don't know how much people have to pay to, to sit on the field at that level. Just make them into regular GA seats. It's not that hard. I miss those sections. I just think it looks dumb. Great for advertisements, though. Like the Oscar Mayer weenie. I just remember like kids just jumping from those down to the field uh, after the 2021, like after we we made it to the the playoff, you know, after the Houston game. And like people, like there was a couple kids that went for, I was watching it. I remember that. There was a couple kids that went first and tumbled like 10 feet down. And then other people were like, okay, let's just go to the, the, the side stairs here and just run onto the field because like, I, I don't even know what happened to those kids. I hope they're okay. But like, it, it is it's just dumb. Just get rid of them. They got to take a first class trip to one of the country's best hospitals. <laughs> How much did they, they paid us to do that, right? Like, I'm looking at it now, and yeah, this looks dumb. Uh, why? Why? Kind of perfect. Who, that's, a, who, that's why it's such a perfect. Hummer describing who, who it. Who it now, guys? It looks dumb. Who approved yeah. this? Like, they, did they pay us an absorbent amount of money to make this permanent change? You know who to approved our... it? Uh, Carl Linder. <laughs> that's who. <laughs> the one good thing to come out of that was the new scoreboard. I will say there was there was good to come out of that deal. Yeah, that's about it. I I think that the only reason that uh, FC Cincinnati had a home at Nippert Stadium and did all those modifications was their owner. uh, He's given some money to us in the past. His name is on a couple buildings here or his dad's whatever, you know, so I'm I'm guessing when he tells you what you want to do, you can't really say no. But 
I, I mean, I wish we could. <laughs> I mean, my only pushback is they give money to the university in order to bolster the education of students to provide workers for their enterprises that run in the city without the university. Yep, the wheels the wheels don't spin here. So, but this is this is not what this forum's for tonight. We're not here to debate what what why donors give monies to the university and what they should expect. Uh, by the way, the best donors don't request any kind of naming rights to anything. They just say, here's here's your money, do with it what you want, but neither here nor there. But yeah, this looks dumb. Um, I think we should force Carl Leonard to fix it. So I guess we're never going to get the Hummer Tower at the University of Cincinnati's campus. It'll just be a tower. <laughs> and, and you guys will just know. Catskeller Tower. <laughs> It'll be yeah, Catskeller Tower. I'd always have said to if, if, I ever won, if I ever won the lottery, you guys will know because I'll just have my own box and then it'll just be like, you know, hey guys, tickets, tickets, tickets in the box. <laughs> <laughs> well right. done, Justin. Well rounded out there. Your five Thank is completed. You. Moving on for Steve's final pick. So I'm going to bring it to another broadcast. Uh, I wanted to finish it off with a basketball because I did do three football, but there's another broadcast that definitely needs to be mentioned in these 25 picks of the dumbest moments. And that is the uh, Bearcats uh, basketball broadcast at Bowling Green State University uh, run by their students and their, man, they they were trying hard, but you know, it, it was just, like Ross Martin, uh, Bearcat fan on Twitter, Casey Bearcat, I think. But uh, the, he still has some of the clips up from those videos. And I think the highlights are somewhere, too, on YouTube. But that, that was just one of those moments of, like, older Twitter where it was like you had to be there that night. And, like, you, I remember where I was when I was watching that game and following on Twitter and seeing all of these people just talk about that. And just uh, it just so, like – emblematic and obviously that was more of a, a mac problem than an aac problem but one why are we playing a road game at bowling green like come on mick what are we doing that's there? the first question yes yes that and two like we went from playing at madison square garden in the big east tournament and into a span of three years playing at on a sunday afternoon at bowling green with students broadcasting it and maybe 15 people in attendance like with boom goes that the was, dynamite broadcasting our games yes yes exactly so that just just one of the <laughs> dumbest moments it, it just took me a while it took me this long the process which broadcast this was and <laughs> and now that i'm like oh no i watched that oh my god that was awful I don't always miss not being addicted to Twitter, but I do regret not being active online for that type of game. That would have been a magical experience because I I do vividly remember the call. I remember thinking, what on earth is going on right now with this broadcast? And I have to imagine that if you're ranking like top five Twitter moments for the Bearcats over the last two decades, well, however long Twitter exists, that that would be in the top five, no doubt. Let me Let me pose a question to the group here. That broadcast or or ESPN plus is quality this season. Can I the Tulane game? I'm surprised that game didn't get chosen. The Tulane game. The Tulane game. Oh, can I yeah. can I add a the Tulane game, 
be the NKU game because no one has mentioned that. That was going to be my honorable mention. Not that we have honorable mentions, but that and the Marshall stream on Facebook Live. <laughs> because I really wanted to use that earlier and then I got to round five and I'm like I don't know if I can use it should I just put these all under shitty broadcast experiences yes, just like, as one then, collective maybe that will yeah, be our honorable okay. mention everybody gets to pick one I think there's enough of them <laughs> I mean does anybody know the particulars of the deal for uh, ESPN with the Big 12, uh, Big 12 do we st- we're still going to have games on ESPN plus I'm assuming right or are we are they going to actually yes. bring in some some HD cameras for us, or do we have to supply those ourselves? No, like, you bring your own here? flip camera. Flip camera. We bring your own flip camera and go. I'm sitting thinking, HBM. like, I'm like, we we have iPhones that 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 do 4K, right? Like, we we can't get 4K broadcast going on here. This is filming with an iPhone. We did well, hire we the five production guy. I do think it does <laughs> seem like the team, the the school, is prioritizing a better broadcast going forward. And Live I, on I Periscope. Think, like, well, I, I think for the uh, the other games too that are like conference games that are behind the paywall, I think it's going to be actual broadcasters instead of Kevin Johnson. Um, I, I, yeah, so I, it's, I think it's going to be like a neutral, more neutral guys like flying in to broadcast the game instead of just um, whoever the in-house guy is in a, a Kevin Johnson. Shout out to Kevin Johnson retweeting someone wanting him to be the announcer in perpetuity. I do think he has improved every single season for what it's worth. And honestly, I kind of call me crazy. I like having a biased home announcer for, for our home, for our home <laughs> 100%. games. 100%. Like, I actually 100%. don't want a neutral crowd. I don't want someone from ESPN who doesn't watch our games, who gives me generic, like, oh, I looked at the box scores for the last five games, but haven't actually seen any of these players play. Like, I don't, I don't want that because, like, the only time we get good announcers from that is, like, and I used to not like her, but when you get Doris in town, who actually does her research, she's a professional. Like she does, she watches games. Like I like that, who? but we get so many Doris. Doris Burke. Yeah. Does she call Bearcat games? She has in the past, and I I hated okay. it at first. It's been a while, but it's been a while. But when she did it, like all right, she she does her homework. She knows her stuff. But we get these guys from ESPN Plus who don't know. They don't watch. They've been they've been all over the country watching, you know, shit game here, shit game there. Now they're coming to us. They don't know. What's they don't the know difference? how good game is, Julius. Yeah, they don't. What's the difference? And I'm sick of it. So I wouldn't mind actually having a home biased crowd, a home biased person doing our games who can get better and just be be our. I don't want to say his name. No, you, I don't know. You know what say, I want? Be, be our Thom Brenneman. <laughs> 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 be our Marty, be our Marty Brennan, be our Dan Horde, be our Dan Horde of television and just be I, good at it. I will make one very quick suggestion for those of you who can turn on your ESPN plus go find your iHeartRadio radio or grab your little boom box, whatever you've got that has FM AM radio on it. Turn it on and click back 15 seconds. So Dan and Terry are live at the same time. Bingo. Fantastic watching experience. The so only way. Not, not only that, and if you for anybody who's purchased the Apple Plus um, MLS package, they give you the option of having your home announcers call the game. And so you can basically flip on Tommy for FCC games if you want. ESPN Plus should add that feature so that if we wanted to, we can sync up Dan and Terry. Because to me, this season, for as bad as the broadcasts have been, it's caused me to listen to more radio this season 
Those guys are gems. Terry, they're, they're the so two lane awesome. game was the only choice. They were the only choice. Right. It was and that or phenomenal. you can't watch the game. They're fantastic. Yeah. Terry, Terry, and MLB, MLB and NBA have been doing this for years on their apps. Like it's doable. It's, uh, it's doable. It's a hundred percent. And not only that, MLB gives you the choice of listening to the radio broadcast over, over the video. Like I, well, I don't get it, but I, that was I, the I, nice. Yeah. It was the nice part about the being in the playoff last year because I was watching the playoff game while listening to Dan Horde and Jim Kelly call the game. And like I think for a couple of years there, in like when teams would get to like the Sweet 16 or Final Four, they would they would do that on the alternate channels. Like you would have like whatever team you were watching, their radio team calling the game on TV. Like that, that, that it's I'm just surprised like it hasn't come to college sports yet. But ESPN, figure it out. If I had to guess, trust in Brett Yormark, it's coming. It's coming to the it's coming to the Big Twelve, man. Just he, like the Big Twelve basketball anthem, baby. No nights off. <laughs> we're we're I, I, Kimmer and I have been talking about wanting to do this podcast where we're gonna get into like what's going on with the Big Twelve, the Pac twelve, Brett Yormark. And like so I'm walking, so I walk by every day I go through Barclays Center, which was one of Brett Yormark's like his brainchild. And I see Rock Nation, their headquarters is right there. And I'm like, oh, this is this is like his, what he built. When you actually think that, like, that's who we have running our conference. We have someone who gets, like, yeah, he might be 56, but he gets, he gets it. He gets young people. He gets the media landscape. He gets the changes that are happening. It's going to be incredible that this is what we're walking into. And the fact that he's talking about splitting off the basketball rights from the football rights. That's massive. Like we're about to, who knows? We might be able to see 30 million just from basketball alone, which is what our freaking value is worth from a UC basketball standpoint. I said this to Coomer and you go check the tapes, get us into the big 12 and UC will be a blue blood. We will be back to being a blue blood. We should be already considered one, but we will now that we're playing with schools that are going to, I see him. He's yeah. He looks like a skeleton. Okay. Nobody loves Brett Yormark the way Hummer loves Brett, Brett Yormark. Nobody, nobody loves him like that. Why? This is a very hidden skill that I did not know, and I think is now probably way too late after almost two. I was hours trying not to look at that to uh, understand that this skill is now upon us. But I will need more of that. Honestly, nothing gets me going on a podcast more than Hummer starting with the blue blood talk. I love Hummer blue blood talk. Dude, we're dude, sure. my words. We're gonna win a national championship in ten years. I'll bet you. I'll I'll bet you four beer miles. Back to back to back to back. In one day after another. <laughs> two a day. I'll Let's just do, do it, a day. baby. I'll just a do it. A, a week of beer miles. Dusk a weekend, and dawn. <laughs> a weekend of beer miles. That there's gonna be it. a national championship within ten years. Yeah. Yeah, done. I'll take the bet. Yeah, no, I'll be dead by bet. then. I'm just <laughs> yeah, gonna run it either way because I, I I like beer and I it like the sounds beer. De- it sounds depressing, but I just have to take the odds. Let me let me make my fifth and final pick here. Before I forget what my actual fifth and final pick was, I've got I had an, an article pulled up on the athletic again to sort of help me as a guide. The athletic is a beautiful time capsule for where we are at different points in Bearcat history. And look, I'm gonna stick Ooh. to the theme. It's 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 no mystery. It's no mystery 
where my head's at with my 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 five pick and i'll be curious to see how the fan base responds to this or the if folks who decide to read the post or listen to this you know extremely long by now i guess two hour podcast my fifth and final pick goes back to john brandon's second season as head coach and when you read the preseason coverage about how this team would approach the game of basketball and how they would incorporate guys like Tari Eason and David DeJulius and, and Rapalus Ivanowskis and Keith Williams there for his final season. If you read Justin Williams article about, about how John Brandon would be attacking this season, here's a, here's a quote I'm going to read. That continuity is already proving vital in Brandon's system too, with Williams and Vogt regarded as the team's two best players entering the season. Quote, and this is John Brandon, right now, if we were playing tonight and it was under two minutes to go in the game, I think Keith Williams and Chris Vogt would get a lot of touches. <laughs> Folks, my stupid moment, my fifth and final pick for stupid moments in American athletic conference history is that the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats, John Brandon thought that Chris vote was a go-to option for our team heading into the 2021 season and that the offense would run through him and he would be a featured player on a team that also had Keith Williams, David DeJulius, Tari Eason, I mean, it had, it had more than enough options, honestly, for guys you would go to before you actually go to Chris Vote, And just to drive this point home and see that was the preseason thought process from the head coach. Chris Vote went on to average 19.4 minutes a game. He shot like 50% from the field, 35% from the free throw line. In that same article, John Brandon mentions that we really need to start taking advantage of Chris Vogt's passing ability. He averaged 1.1 assists per game, 3.5 rebounds. This man was seven foot one, 260 pounds. He averaged 3.5 rebounds a game and 5.0 points per game that season. My dumbest moment, my fifth and final dumbest moment, I'm not even sure how exactly you want to describe it, is the Chris Vote experience his last year in Cincinnati. And I'm really, it's not Chris Vogt. How Vogt's fault. did that last until round five? That's amazing. It's not his fault, folks. I feel like Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's John Brandon's fault. Who's your daddy? Man, this man should never get a head coaching job. Brandon, my daddy. The fact he looked at this roster and said, yep, run it through Chris Vogt. That's what we're going to do. It's going to win. We're doing it. Do you remember? Do you remember that thing you made with more cowbell? Needs more cowbell. That was John Brandon's solution to any problem that season. Fuck it. Get, throw the ball into Chris, <laughs> Chris Vogt. Let him cook. Five points, three rebounds, man. That was fun, guys. Does anyone want to kind of recap where we're at, where each person ended up with their five moments? Justin, can you take us through that for, is that possible or should we just wait for the post after this? Oh God. Uh, we can, I can run through it really fast. It's going to be out of order of individuals, but by round we can go. Let's go by round. Uh -huh. Just wrap rapid fire by round and then we'll wrap it up. 
Uh, round one, Hummer takes UConn shooting the triple overtime in conference in the conference tournament uh, shot there uh, in round one. Steve took go to hell, get a job from Tommy Tuberville. Uh, John Brandon's stat burning ritual in the urns with Jaron Cumberland. That was Coomer's pick for round one. Uh, another one for round one was uh, my choice of the American uh, rebranding and losing that to the Catholic kids. Um, and then Brandon, where, where's Brandon's in here? Oh, there it is. John Brandon, not starting Tari Eason uh, round one, which wow. Uh, <laughs> rough, very, very rough. Uh, if we're moving on to round T round T round two, Mick chasing after JP Makura and calling him names. Uh, that was Steve's pick. Uh, Hummer, I have lost your pick for there. I don't know why that got deleted, but we can come back to that. If you remember what that was, uh, the Lisa Brandon burners for, for Coomer, uh, for round two, my Under Armour drone show, uh, for round two as well. Uh, let's see. Crosstown classic for round two. Uh, Hummer's Hummer's round two pick was the, the, the Yukon shot with point whatever seconds left. Oh, that was round number one. one. Oh, was that was round one? one? What was oh, your number man. two? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Temple, Temple. Oh, Temple. Oh, yeah. Any game at Temple. Any, Any game, game at, at Temple. Temple. There we go. Nice. Had to make Way fun of myself there. Uh, for round three, Xavier and UC fighting over the shootout location for the 2020 offseason. That was Coomer's pick for round three. More of John I, Brandon. Yeah. It's more about the, the John Brandon hype. Yeah. The way of the shit, the shit talk. Uh, my choice of Miami greasing the polls in their inevitable defeat uh, in 2017. Uh, team for Steve in round three um <laughs> letting under armor hang around after a settlement instead of moving immediately to jordan uh round three for hummer and did we get brandon where's your round three uh, it's it was right above it oh yes there you go hartford and yukon hosting the aac tournament and gary clark getting the the teeth knocked out of his dome uh that was round three for brandon as far as round four goes uh being down 51 to three to USF. Uh, that's a tough one. There you go, Steve. Uh, as far as round four goes, continued on Wes Miller's Ferragamo shoes for Hummer. <laughs> Take it. Greatest moment. What a dumb moment. Greatest what a, moment. What the, one of the Legendary. greatest moments. <laughs> Legendary moment. Uh, Flow Sports and ESPN video quality for Kumar round four. Uh, round four for me, the entire 2018 NCAA tournament. Iowa State ranked ahead of UC in the final 2020 CFP rankings. Round four for Brandon. And that really is, it, it, when it's the final ranking, that is, come on, come on. Yep. That's yep. a rough one. Uh, <laughs> of course, then rounding us off for round five, the first Big 12 expansion attempt and failure. Uh, that was Hummer's pick for round five. For round five for Steve. The Bowling Green broadcast, also uh, uh, honorable mention for Marshall, NKU, Tulane, and every other shitty broadcast, broadcast in AAC, <laughs> AAC history there. Um, <clears throat> FC Cincinnati taking over Nippert for years on end. Uh, round five for me and round five for Coomer. Brandon's love of Chris Vogt. That's rough. What a run, guys. This is yes. where the oh, and Tommy Tuberville failing to be an upward, <laughs> failing upward to be a U.S. fucking senator. There you go. That's the that's the nightcap right there. You know, you know, Coomer has a pair of Chris Vote socks. <laughs> no, 
I do. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, no. I do. I do. I wear them. I wear them from time to time. I'm going to wear them Friday as a good charm. You get it, right? Chris Oates socks. Uh, I feel like <laughs> Chris vote. Chris vote is the is the punishment we had to pay so that that we could experience Victor Lockin. The proverbial sacrifice. Our number one boy. I mean, not that I guess we should pull you know state the obvious, but uh, Victor Lockin is in fact a John Brandon recruit. Yeah, That's- been there, done that. His lone, his lone true contribution to our program. But look, so guys, and David Julius, and David Julius. Okay, it's getting awkward. And Mike, <laughs> and Tarison, and Jeremiah Davenport, and Jeremiah, the whole team. I'll say Except this: the, for bench. the man can recruit. <laughs> guys, this was a very, very fun. I hope it was fun for people listening. It was very fun to talk to you guys about the stupidest moments in the history of the American athletic conference. I think we captured a lot of the greatest moments, but honestly, we left a lot on the table. So for folks listening, you have your own list. Don't hesitate to share what we missed, what we failed to mention. I promise you there are a million others not named on this list that Steve put together that we did not pick from because a lot of people went off board, but I'm looking forward to your, your kind of consolidation of this information, Steve, uh, is that going to be a cat Skeller social dot club? feature is that where that's going up yes sir yes yeah uh, and then we're just gonna put it up uh, round by round and then i got a graphic coming too baby so beautiful y'all be ready you know what while we're at it i'm i'm gonna go out and say we we need to make this an official bracket i think it's necessary it's march baby i'll do it i'll make the bracket i'll make the it. bracket steve you're in charge of making sure all the information is consolidated from us I'll make sure the bracket happens. Do we get Neil? Do we get Neil involved with uh, <laughs> with sending out the actual polls for the bracket? Do we say Neil? We need you to. We need you to send these out. We need. We need the official. What if we make Neil them sponsored? Bracket? Sponsored by at Neil Neil Slayton, whatever his Twitter <laughs> handle is. These polls are brought to you by Neil Slayton. We'll do that. Yes. He's he's yes. the official sponsor. Yes, he doesn't know. He doesn't yet, even know. Good for him. We're, yeah, we're putting in the work. It's been a while since you've brought Neil up on a pod. Well, look. Folks, make sure you're joining. The, there's a bunch of things to plug. Make sure, A, you're joining the Discord server. It's been a blast talking to people in there. The conversation is robust. Justin made the best point, which is it's all sorted out by channel. So you participate based on how you want to participate. Everything's sorted out. It's a very fun. Uh, it's it's It really is a fun way to talk Bearcats with people who, who are trying to engage in a in a healthy, non-toxic way. Uh, guys, besides that, and it's all ad free. And guys, it's all ad free. I'm, I'm going to interrupt here. Apparently, breaking news: <laughs> NKU is officially a quality loss. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Damn it! Just got to unpublish that article now. <laughs> oh god, that came from the Discord, by the way. If you guys want to hop in, and that's where the news came from. It was reported there first. That's how we find out. Hop in here. You're going to find out some weird stuff in here. It's good. Join the Discord. Bookmark CatSkellerSocial.club. And then make sure you're following all of our social accounts. At Viva La Cats Pod. At Go Beer Cats. At Cincy Slangin. And then if you want to go ahead and help us get over 100 followers on at CatSkellerSC. I'm saying 100. I'm setting the bar low. 
I want that thing over a thousand quickly. So get your asses following that account. That's going to pump out the content for our, for our uh, social club. Justin, final point. Final point. Do not forget to join the Cat Skeller bracket because, again, it's March, baby, and we don't know what we're going to give you yet, but you're going to get you're going to get something that's going to be good. Oh, can, can we just go ahead? Can we say like at least if you win, if you want, you get ninety seconds of uninterrupted as long as it's not you know weird. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't put any caveats on it. You get you get 90 seconds, 90 seconds on the podcast. Fucking air it out, it baby. Air it yeah. out. Air it we'll out. Also, buy you a pair of you Ferragamo shoes. If you well, want asterisks, <laughs> if you want to praise Kalua Zikpe and all of his contributions to Spare Cat Basketball for 90 seconds, you're welcome to do that. I also, I'm gonna say it now, we're throwing in a pair of game worn Adidas. Vintage shorts from the basketball team. Player to be determined. I have to identify who that was, but these are authentic Adidas. He has to, identi- he has to identify which pair of shorts don't belong to me. That's what he really has to do, guys. <laughs> white or black, white or black. You'll see. But that that those shorts, those game authentic shorts that are going to go to the winner of our bracket challenge. So you've got pot appearance. You've got Bearcat shorts. We'll, we'll throw some other things in. We'll find I'll throw in a I'll, I'll throw in a rain jacket for you too. Why not? A UC rain jacket that I have not worn. I promise. Wow! So. Look at this little gift package. All the reasons to How join the Cat Skeller bracket challenge. I'll throw in my lovely time and effort. It's all we. It's all we. It's all we need. Ooh, <laughs> fellas, this was a blast. We'll make sure we're doing. I think. I think more drafts are in our future. I think more collabs are in our future. This. I want to shoot for once a month of a, of a group call. So we'll see how we do that and how we incorporate in the future. Brandon, Steve, Justin Hummer. Thank you all. Looking forward to getting this posted and sharing it with everybody. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats, baby.